0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fly. I almost said the Flyers faithful podcast. <laughs> I was going to a real throwback there, <laughs> Lori. Welcome back to Flyperably. It's been a long day. It's been oh wow since I've slept, and I'm not happy about it. Let's no, man, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Anyway, Steve J back here with Kurt R. Kurt, how you doing, man?
1: Um, you know we're we're just you know living the dream every every single day following the following this Flyers hockey team that will change our minds every single day, making sure. And I, th- I think Charlie tweeted this yesterday, just saying, like, you know, you got to give the Flyers credit just for making sure that we never get too high at a given point. And, like, it would it would be cool if the opposite was true and, like, we never really got too low and we could remember that, like, you know, yeah, last night's game wasn't great, but also the game before that they, you know, thoroughly or they, you know, pretty well handled a very good team on the road. And, like, if you could, you know, balance them out, I feel like we'd all feel relatively normal at a given time. But, no, it, it mostly... There's there's an upper bound limit, but it just feels like there's never never a lower bound limit.
0: No, definitely not. There is no point too low. The, the Flyers are limbo champs. There is no point too low for the Flyers. But, like... They will drive you insane if you let them drive you insane. And I'd like to start the show off with a brief... PSA. And I speak out about this every year. It's an issue very near and dear to me. And this is about Eagle's brain. It's a very serious condition. And it's where someone treats an 82 to 162 game sports schedule as if it's the 16 to 17 game NFL schedule and gets upset after each and every loss as if the world is ending. It's a problem. And... Kurt and I are here to say if you have a friend or family member suffering from Eagle's Brain, help is available. Dial 1-800-FLY-PERB today to get a free consultation. Don't let your loved ones suffer needlessly. Call Steve J. and Kurt R. today. (laughs) And Kurt, I I, I, I feel like we go through this every year, right? Where people are just... I I really hate to harp on it, but I, I just... I feel like it's not healthy for people to treat the hockey season like the football season to to really just have hinge on every game so deathly, seriously. And I want people to enjoy hockey, just enjoy it. And it's just it's frustrating because it just feels like people are taking this so just intense, way too intense.
1: Yeah, it's it just feels so tiring to be like this after every single game. And whether it's someone who's just ignores good things and points out all the bad things as confirmation bias or to a degree vice versa. But I feel like we see a lot less of that. Or if you're just changing your mind based on every game, which is like the true Eagles brain. And I noted here, it's a little ironic and maybe this isn't even the case. And it just feels like it because we are in a more flyer centric corner of the Philadelphia sports uh, cinematic universe. But, um, it feels like we feel Eagles brain more about other Philadelphia sports than we do about the Eagles at this point. And maybe it's just because the Eagles, you know, sort of threw up the white flag before this year and said, hey, we know we're not going to be very good. Maybe like people have just sort of accepted that team has a pretty low ceiling. But I feel like when the Eagles lose a game, we're all just sort of like, yeah, OK, this this sucks. This sucks. Team's not very good. And then when the Eagles win a game, it's like, oh team might be okay and like that's the range here it feels like things swing so like more widely than that for every Flyers game and there are 82 of them and it's wild to me like we talked about this last year I remember Steve I was here like last year it was in like March so last season and we were talking about how like every you know the Flyers were playing every other day and they were playing the same seven teams over and over again and it was just like a perfectly combustible situation for us to all lose our goddamn minds following and talking about this team, and it was all, you know, uh, you know, supported by the fact that the team wasn't very good and everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and, like, this year, that hasn't even happened, and we're still doing this. You know, the, the season has got out to a decent start. Yeah, they've had some losses. They've won more games than they've lost. They haven't had any, like, true blowouts. Maybe the Calgary game, but even that one, they were still within a goal in the third period before Calgary pulled away. They've had some big wins. It's... It, I, I get it if things were real bad or even if there had been, like, any really, really bad moments, but there really haven't been. Yeah, last night's game, last night's game wasn't good. Like, they they were a little off in a lot of ways. I don't think it was a matter of effort, but it was, like, execute, but, you know, the execution just wasn't there. Guys were missing on passes. They were you know, no one was home to... They
0: looked discombobulated all night, like, on the power play especially.
1: Power play was real bad, but, like... How many times last night did Jack Campbell kick a rebound out, and no one was there? And like, if a flyer's in the right spot, that goes in the net on the rebound, and no one's there. Like, things were just a little bit off, and people lost their goddamn minds. And it's it's just t- It feels so tiring.
0: That's my where I'm coming from. It's just tiring. It's exhausting. It's a long season. And look, I'm not saying you can't get upset over losses, right? You can get upset, but don't mm-hmm. act like this is the end of the world. Don't act like this team is a dumpster fire, which is an appropriate statement for the city of Philadelphia, given the recent tire fire that sent smoke billowing <laughs> to the city the other day. Good Lord, is this a crazy city? But like, you just it's not good for your health. And I'm really serious about this. Like, For stress management levels, hockey is supposed to be a thing that you use to get away from the stresses of your everyday life, and if you're getting this upset over a loss in November to a good team, please just calm down a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. Just, like, reevaluate things. This team is not a dumpster fire. This team is pretty good right now. There are some worrisome areas, right? Like, the, the scoring has gone down in recent games, and that is definitely a worry, but there's also you know you've got injuries right you've got new guys that you're still figuring out and they haven't even really shuffled the lines this is something we're going to get into a little bit later in the show but Mm -hmm. you know they're just now shuffling the lines like they're figuring things out but they're still on the right side of 500
1: yeah someone and if and if you feel like that and look i don't i don't like fan policing but if you're if you're making my life more annoying because i have to read your garbage tweets all the time listen you're now making my life worse. So I'm going to fan police for a second here, even though I don't like doing it. Someone said this a while ago, someone on Twitter and my apologies, I forget who it was, but when you're at that point with a team, sometimes it benefits you to just put them in timeout, you know, like just say, Hey, I'm going to, it might just be better for me to ignore this team for a while. And there are probably people who, you know, far be it for me to say this and, you know, I don't want to scare any of our viewers away, though. I feel like if you're here, maybe you're not in this group what do i know
0: i i would think it's likely you're not in this group if you're listening to this show i i think for, you know for the most part flyperbole listeners tend to be in two categories right like uh more rational fans i i would say by and large flyperbole listeners tend to be more reasonable but also uh, people that just enjoy weird shit like Cat yeti <laughs> and, and referencing stained and, a lot of you owen know, reference... wilson fans out there yeah, oh wow. But, like, you know, there are people who enjoy goofy, weird shit. And we got some, we got a bunch of goofy, weird shit in this episode for you. I just got to tell you offhand. Yeah. You know, people that I think can achieve a good balance with this stuff. And I, you're right. I don't like the fan police. Enjoy what you enjoy, but don't let the flyers make your life miserable, okay? Don't let the flyers ruin your life. It's just. It's not worth it, okay? Just try to take it as casually as you can. If you're not enjoying the team, just kind of put it on your tablet or something or put it on, like, a computer monitor off to the side and go watch an enjoyable television program. There's thousands of them now. Literal thousands.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're... Again, fan policing isn't fun, but you just... As long as you're not being an asshole to people, like, to a degree, do whatever you want. But there are definitely instances where negativity turns into just being an asshole to people. And like, it's one thing to think, I don't think that the flyers are very good, which like, there is no crime in that nothing wrong with that. It's another, when you talk to everyone who doesn't think the flyers are good or who doesn't think the flyers are like as much of a nuclear waste fire as you are, like they're an idiot who should never be allowed to talk about hockey again. And when you're doing that, that's when it's like, you need to like, you need to take several breathers, but I don't know, that's just me. Just, just just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie regardless of <laughs> my own sport I play.
0: Oh, I didn't know LeBron James was on this show. How you doing, LeBron? Uh-huh. Oh, first time long time. I, I you know, I know LeBron's always been a big fan. So. that's still the craziest hashtag I've ever seen <laughs> in the entirety of Twitter.
1: Just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie regardless of my own sport I play. That's he's he he's a he's a learned man. I don't even remember what he was talking about when he said that. What sport I think. Think it was baseball what do i know
0: learn ed homer learn ed no learned pepe <sighs> well we got our simpsons reference. i get you can drop your cromulent right here <laughs> no, you got to sneak it in and it always gets you it'll be, or, you it'll you be organic
1: it. it'll be organic it
0: has to be organic but you got to sneak it in I, I can't see it coming and that's for the best before we get into the flyer stuff i just wanted to mention an issue that is also near and dear to my heart that isn't quite eagle's brain but I have recently started going back into an office, which is a a harrowing experience, to say the least, and I switched jobs mid-pandemic, which is still a a wild thing to me, having switched jobs in the middle of a pandemic, and I didn't even see my office until a couple months ago, and it's a different commute for me. I live in Philadelphia, I'm used to commuting within Philadelphia, this job's in New Jersey, so I have to go over to uh, Camden for this, and... It's taken some adjustment, and for me, you know, I, I, I miss being in Philly. Like, I really like working in Philly. It's very vibrant to me. I was missing a little bit of home there, right? So, a little bit of home. So, <laughs> I, I did have a little piece of home come to me on my commute the other day when I was uh, going around Camden and commuting to work, and I saw dear old friend and I think a cousin of Flyperbole's mascot, our friend Scabby the Rat. Scabby the Rat. Our Our
1: friend the Rat. Our
0: friend the Rat. rat. Scabby the Rat is, if you're not familiar, when unions do protests, they have a couple guys show up and inflate a giant rat. And they will just stand outside the business that they're protesting. And they're, you know, they're there to let 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 the public know that, this is non-union work being done, and this is a giant rat is showing that, and it is a disgusting rat. I might have mentioned the rat on here before, but I really am fond of it because it is such a an absurd large gesture. And I, if there are people not familiar with this, it, please look it up. It is so, it's kind of bizarre, and I love it. And it's just
1: you can just Google inflatable rat. It looks very. Weird. It looks very but weird. You've, you've, you've like you've likely seen it before. Just. You know, Steve adds the additional context there, but yeah, it is a scary looking. It's guy,
0: disgusting. Guy, rat, You know, I, you know I, 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 our friend, but he's. Done. We don't want to assign a gender to the inflatable rat. <laughs> you know, we, I can ask our friend if he's trawling through the dumpsters in my my block right now, but this rat has just this. These they put disgusting shit on its stomach, like pus and stuff like that. It's really gross. It's real gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the most, least appealing thing you want to see. So I used to see it a lot when I worked in Old City, Philadelphia. And, like, I'd be walking by a building, like, to get a sandwich. And, like, I'd look over. I'm like, I think I lost my appetite looking at Scabby over here. Mission accomplished, Union guys. And I just love that they use these these inflatable symbols, right? And Scabby's just the tip of the iceberg. There's two other ones that I know offhand that are just so over-the-top crazy that I I felt the need to do a good old-fashioned flyperbole ranking here. So there's Scabby, who's the OG. And then there's the Fat Cat, which is a giant cat in business attire. Think, like, Wall Street, like like Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. (laughs) Like, pinstripe shirts. (laughs) I think he's, like... I forget what the Fat Cat does, but it's a literal giant Fat Cat. And then...
1: All all the ones I've got here on Google are him holding, um, a worker in one hand and a bag of money in the other, or some have him holding a bag of money in the other hand. Then he's got a cigar in his (laughs) mouth with, with, of course, like the, you know, the, the suit and vest get up.
0: Oh my God. It's, it's phenomenal. I can't even imagine being the person commissioned to put together that inflatable animal. Hope it was union work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was, you know, it was. Oh, my God. And then the third one they have is it's a giant inflatable pig. And actually, I think we got it mixed up where I thought the pig was the one that was strangling the worker. It might be. I'm looking through
1: I think this is a porcandolose dose here. The ones I'm looking at, they both are strangling a worker, so the the rat is the only one that is okay.
0: so <laughs> the rat is the only one that isn't the, the rat pig stand has- alone. The pig has a vest on, and also a striped shirt and a cigar. It's strangling a worker who looks very upset about it and has a tremendously long neck, much like a giraffe, and has money sticking out of its vest mm-hmm. pockets. Oh, it looks like it has a little pocket watch too. That's adorable. Yeah, yeah
1: and it's one not of those, wearing pants. Of weird. One of those weird zippers on on the like in the pocket spot. I don't know. I don't even know what that is.
0: I think it's the pocket watch, Shane. Oh, so it can, never mind. That's not like, a for You never lose your pocket watch, and then you look upon it and go, oh, it's the it's quarter of noon. Now I can go strangle my workers again.
1: I would say you remember pocket watches, but, like, I don't.
0: I, <laughs> I might don't be old, but I wasn't watches. pocket watch old. <laughs> like, I think you had to be a <laughs> robber baron to have a pocket watch.
1: I just remember the one from Hey Arnold. That's, that's about it.
0: Hey Arnold. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Ranked, uh, ranking. So- ranking. Ranking. I think I, I think Scabby's got to be number one because he's subtle, right? You know, like these other two, they're really in your face. And I'm not sure I appreciate that.
1: Scabby is more terrifying in his own right. The other one. Yeah, it's it's subtle. But like you also see him. It's like, I want no part of this. And yeah, the other ones, other ones are funnier, which like isn't the point. But they're, you know, they they get the point across a little more clearly. But um, but yeah, Scabby is, you know, hard to beat the classics.
0: So what's funnier? It comes down to what's funnier, cat or pig?
1: I like the facial expression on the cat. Honestly, he's got like he's got like his, his like grumpy cat face almost, while while still being like the boss. At least in most of the ones I'm also here.
0: the the term fat cat is just it's funny. It's got rhyming, you know. It's got everything you want.
1: Anything that rhymes is 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 good. You know, if it rhymes, it's good. If it
0: rhymes, it's good. That's like poetry. It's. Okay, I think we have our ranking then. I think Scabby the rat is our our full ride to Flavortown. The fat cat, you know, is... I I, I don't think the pig choking the worker is lacking donkey sauce per se. And I don't... I think they're close, the fat cat and the pig, but like... Yeah, They're just... They're they're very in your face about it. Whereas Scabby is just as as subtle as a giant, inflatable, disgusting creature could be.
1: Yep it means hard hard to beat the classics
0: hard to beat the classics but i was glad to see that little little piece of home follow me over to jersey i saw, I saw this on the outline i'm like all
1: right where are we going with this let's hear it out but this, is funny. this I, is funny
0: i love a good ranking and i i you know i i almost made it a classic fly verbally cold open but then i i didn't do it so that's on me i got to do a better job you know, I'd like to ease into the hockey stuff and we still have another category before we get into the hockey stuff. And this one is, there's no, you know, speaking of subtlety and, uh, clear transitions and such, there's no easy (laughs) way to shift between these two topics here. So we're going to go from talking about these inflatable animals, right? And we're going to talk about one word. And that word is Drip you probably heard the word drip around flyers Twitter about flyers social media in the past couple of weeks and I'm in an hold okay I, I've mentioned this many times I am uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the oldest person on Broad Street hockey if I'm not the oldest I'm I'm close to it and it's hard for me to keep up with trends I've never been good at that in the first place like I've always been a bit of a nerd a bit of a dork and by a bit I mean a lot and I'm surrounded by comic books right now in my basement so that's <laughs> What I am. But th- I'm not I'm not traditionally a cool person. So keeping up with trends is not my thing. So let's start with what is strip. Webster's Dictionary defines strip as an adjective to describe your outfit similar to swag, sauce, steez, or swank. And if you thought that didn't sound like Webster's Dictionary, that's because it isn't. It just sounds funnier to say Webster's defines. That's from Urban Dictionary. And the Urban Dictionary example was... Drip man, man, my outfit is dripping right now. <laughs> so there is, <laughs> there's your example. That's, that's a really help. that's a really helpful it, quote. It's extremely helpful. That's I understand sweet. drip so much now. <laughs> and, but, you know, oh boy. my understanding is when the Flyers went out in Washington in these, I guess, outfits is the word I'm going to use for it and sound like an 80 year old man.
1: Far more drip than anyone going out downtown in Washington, D.C., as a former resident of Washington, D.C., we'll point out here. And that's not a compliment of these outfits, just a, more of a compliment of the state of affairs of dress in Washington, D.C.
0: Yes, it, it, they just they went out and basically like they're largely wearing like outrageous clothes or apparently the Flyers took this definition of drip here and said, oh, I'll wear a sweatsuit.
1: Yeah, a a lot of a lot of sweatsuits, some some real like, you know, suburban mom energy here. But (laughs) just on on these, you know, 20 and 30, like 20s and early 30s year old men here, then just wearing sweatshirts, sweatpants, sweatsuits. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just dive on in here.
0: So like really the energy, the energy of these players in their outfits is like pretty much like I'm going to go out to Starbucks and get a Frappuccino real quick.
1: No, no, no. These, this isn't, this isn't, I don't think this is Starbucks. I think this is, you know, the hipster coffee shop down the street where you, you you know, you need the code to get in. It is, it is, as you point out, very funny that Nate Thompson, who is the oldest guy on the team, his Instagram video of all this is the one that really set off the Flyers internet on last Friday night um, where we're, you know, first looking at this, watching this video saying like, what are they wearing? then trying to figure out who was wearing what. Yeah. It's, it was, it was pretty entertaining, honestly. Good, good time. Good good way to kill a couple hours on a Friday.
0: It really was entertaining. And I have to give a shout out to Megan who makes our, our great like hype videos, the fan cams. And she pointed all this out to us she's pretty much the one who who keys us in on really weird flyer social media stuff that happens like i got a great kick out of this like it, my favorite part of all this is you're going around like travis sandheim had some ridiculous thing on and
1: we sh- we should know we it took us a while to figure out the travis sandheim cuz he had a mask on in the lobby there initially We didn't know if that was Travis Sandheim or Carter Hart in the blue sweatsuit. And we did find out that was Sandheim. That was a a big, that was big for us to learn that.
0: And Couturier had like a yellow sweatsuit on, right? Yes. Yeah. I
1: believe he's, he's somewhere in here. You know, he's somewhere in there. He find the video.
0: Couturier, Sandheim were dressed in like a NAK was wearing like, NAK, apparently his assignment was, was like, Super 70s weird because he yeah, he, definitely he didn't look
1: like he has no sweat, he has no sweat attire on. He's he's got these flower pants, like sunflower pants, and I don't even know what that yeah, that's a I guess that's technically a sweater, not a sweatshirt. Um, so that's uh, some I'm, boogie
0: night shit right there. That's yeah. boogie nights. He's, he's,
1: I i actually see, I, I see,
0: he was he was going for something there that wasn't a sweatsuit, yeah. Min, minimal credit to him. Nate Thompson had the full sweatsuit on. He was the one making the Starbucks run, I think. The Frappuccino run. Yeah. My favorite, though, is Claude Giroux and Cam Atkinson, who clearly... You know, we talk about NAK missing the assignment, like, Claude Giroux and Cam Atkinson weren't even awake when the assignment was issued, where, like, Claude Giroux, actually, Claude Giroux definitely, I think Charlie had said this, like, Claude Giroux heard this and said, fuck no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just showed up in his sweater and jeans. Yeah,
1: he just has a sweater on, he made the great analogy on BSH Radio on Monday night that uh, he had the same sort of facial expression that um that he did when randy miller took the infamous walking boot photo because nate thompson is winging the winging the camera around and he hit and he gets it on g and G's like out of my face it's like I'm, i will wear this sweatshirt i wear this gray nike sweatshirt and jeans and i will be happy with myself and then he got roasted for it in practice on saturday but they all basically called him and cam atkinson old
0: yeah, Cam Atkinson's showing up with just like the pea coat, pretty much. That's in jeans, like, and I'm sitting there. Yeah, and they're calling them old, and I'm like, "Yep," because that's what I would wear, and I'm the old. <laughs>
1: yeah, Claude, Claude and Cam were uh, were mom and dad for, for the rest of the game really so going out to their party,
0: just escorting them out. And I think the other thing, like Charlie and Bill were saying, is like the parties that Claude Giroux had to do, like when he was coming up with the flyers, just compared to this stuff, it's just night and day. <laughs>
1: Whatever they were doing out in the Old City, I don't oh, know.
0: The Old City crew, man. Just the stories that would populate around them. The whole dry island thing. Just oh absolute God. insanity. And I both miss and do not miss it. I miss it because the stories were hilarious. It was outrageous. But I also don't miss it because the beat writers making such a big deal out of it was so incredibly exhausting. I don't miss that at all. I don't miss that whole group of beat writers that really just ugh, mind every bit of the Flyers personal lives for for stories wherever possible
1: um, I'm I'm watching the video again and and this wasn't in the video but Oscar Lindblom wearing a Slayer t-shirt I don't, I don't know why that's so funny but it just is it took us a while to see to figure out who it was that looked like vanilla ice in there with like the the teal with the I don't think that's quite a sweat, or I think that's kind of a sweatsuit. It's more like those that's like a tracksuit almost. And that was Rasmus Ristolinen, naturally. As we have discussed, he looks like Vanilla Ice. I was going to say, we it, probably should have figured that Vanilla out <laughs> it,
0: It's got to be Rasmus. It's got to be. I think I was, I think I was busy on Friday night, or I might have chimed in with that because Vanilla Ice can only be Rasmus Ristolinen. Yeah. That's just who he is.
1: Yeah. But no, that was, that was highly entertaining. Keith Yandel also had a sweatsuit on. I think, I think, um, Hinkle made. The, the comment of the night here saying Keith Indle had some great about to go defend the Columbus statue energy. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah,
0: I can relate to that far too much <laughs> in my neighborhood as the guy who gave out candy in a Nike tank top and a Flyers track jacket on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I had big poly Walnuts energy on Halloween.
1: Apparently today at practice um Charlie tweeted this out saying I guess a fan decided to try to be a late entry into the Flyers drip competition today at practice. Players seem to be getting a charge out of it.
0: Is this going to be a thing now? Are people going to start showing up to games like wearing the most outrageous shit they can?
1: Looking at this video here, I don't I can't quite I can't quite tell what this guy is wearing. It's it's like bluish with some patterns, has a couple gold stripes on it. It's definitely like I could see it fitting in reasonably well, it's maybe a little. It's maybe got a little bit too much flair for what the Flyers were wearing the other day, and that's not a compliment, to be clear. I would not want to wear <laughs> this in public, but um, but it's 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 very flashy. But yeah, it's it. There, I don't know. Maybe 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 every Flyers game now is just going to be a drip off out in the stands. And wow, I should have worded that differently. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'd love to pretend I did that on purpose. No, I... I no, um, I no, just have no, a way no, with words. no,
0: no, no, definitely did not, but it's, it's okay, because it's fantastic, and I love it, and I'm just excited, I want a whole section of fans to show up as the drip detail, and... Have signs up, you know, just the most outrageous shit they can wear. I want it, like, Flash's friends at Veterans Stadium in Citizens Bank Park used to be, where all the people wear superhero outfits and shit, like, and sweat their asses off, I presume. People were like, full Batman costumes out there in the the sun all day at Citizens Bank Park in an empty Citizens Bank Park back in, uh, 05, 06?
1: I'm sure someone on the Flyers' internet has started trying to track down all of these outfits, and see where we can purchase them on the internet or at your local and your local indie uh, clothing store. If if you found some of these, let me know or please don't. Um, I don't think I I don't think I would wear them or or could, honestly.
0: Kurt, I that sounds like a challenge to me. I think that's what festivus is going to be. Oh, don't put that out
1: into the don't put that into the uh... <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me. Well, guess what? I'm showing up like Claude Giroux no matter what. <laughs> I'll be Scott Lawton with the turtleneck.
0: Oh, my God. We got to talk about Scott Lawton with the turtleneck. This is my favorite picture that come out of this entire thing. With all the outrageous shit that people wore, Scott Lawton's turtleneck picture was the one that stayed with me the most and I think will haunt me until the day I die. Presumably because the last thing I'm going to see before I die is Scott Lawton in that turtleneck over my dead body. Doing a murder doing a murder he looks like (laughs) look at these jobs if steve jobs was a known serial killer (laughs) because i'm not gonna say steve jobs wasn't a serial killer as i record this on an apple product but you know he wasn't (laughs) known as a serial killer so scott lawton looked like steve jobs serial
1: killer listen you founded a trillion dollar company you've probably killed someone before what probably but no, uh, he's got these huge glasses too. They're half his face. Got a little bit of, little bit of a mustache. We're talking. It's November. I, I won't. You know, not gonna, not gonna knock anyone for that.
0: Although I would like to praise Carter Hart for trying his damnedest to grow a mustache. That is adorable. <laughs> he is trying his hardest. I love that on the picture too. The Flyers really turned up the contrast. Like the social media intern, like turn the contrast up to eleven. So. Every red hair of that mustache really sticks out in high definition. <laughs> Poor Carter, you're playing great, kid. Keep it up.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get to him. We have nice things to say about him. Otherwise, we just, do. Just not, just
0: not really his mustache. So ultimately, I think Scott Lawton, Scott Lawton's gonna stay with me the most from the trip off here. And sounds wrong, just sounds tri- wrong. And doesn't sound right. Well, I'll tell you that. I guess Couturier and Sanheim win the when the actual, what they were going for. And then a, a, an honorable mention goes to Oscar Lindblom and NAK for doing totally different things. NAK put in some effort.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. He's not, I'm not going to give him credit for much lately, but I'll give him this one. i um, <laughs> to give him something. Playing, he is not playing good hockey, but, but no, he,
0: he tried. He tried. went total seventies and Oski boy went total 80s with the slayer shirt. Like I, I like that Oski boy just dressed like I don't know, college maybe.
1: <laughs> with the with with the long with the white long sleeve shirt underneath just, you know.
0: Just get, Oh, I've done that many times. I'm slayer sure I fan. have just a casual slayer fan. I have a ton of pictures from college with the long sleeve shirt under the t-shirt. That's that is a look I have done many times. But the honorable mention goes to them. I think the winners are Sanheim and Couturier uh nate thompson also gets a shout out for just being the old guy who went for it you know he just it just looked like an old guy wearing a sweatsuit only flyer my age
1: valiant efforts by most and then not really by camera claude but they they, they they held the thing together by their um just you know <laughs> the video the video was looping on my screen and just like it, every time it pans to them those two just standing next to each other like oh yeah yeah we're here the fuck here. is this <laughs> What are we doing? (laughs) A collective, we're too old for this shit. Energy there. Oh,
0: absolutely. It really reminds me of at my old job when I would go out because I was the the old man at that job by a few years on most people, like to to the point of absurdity where I would often see people that I would assume were older than me, and then I would find out they were like seven years younger than me, and go, "How? I don't understand." So I would go out to happy hours with them and be like, "What the fuck is anybody talking about? I don't know." I don't understand, oh yeah yeah so uh any any final thoughts on the trip excursion
1: I feel like after the the raging success that this was they're they're gonna do it again at some point, and I'm excited to see if claude and and can't this is this is where I'm investing in this point, seeing if they just lean all the way into this or if they go super hard like for the, you know, quote unquote drip. But I think it would almost be funnier if they just wore like the most normal ass clothes possible and just said, like hey, this is our drip deal with it. But no, this was, this was entertaining. I'm, I'm glad they did this hockey players. You know, we, we usually just see them wearing suits and it's, it's fun to see a little bit of personality there.
0: More fun stuff from the flyers, please. Yes. I I'm all about it. More, more of this fun stuff, more, uh, Drake pupper off why doesn't this team have
1: that was that was one of the added uh cost of the ghost trade
0: oh yeah we lost those french bulldogs lost lost all those french bulldogs we can't even like measure things properly anymore
1: we haven't yeah i was gonna i was about to say haven't measured a player in french bulldogs in so long cam
0: atkinson is only three french bulldogs and now we'll never know for sure though because the three french bulldogs got traded away
1: but rasmus ristolainen he might be eight french bulldogs but again,
0: I think he might there's be no 10. Way know. I don't know. <laughs> there's no way to know. I mean, I guess we could... And then You can't transport those dogs on planes. Their short snouts are never going to survive the air transit. There's just... There's no way to know. There's no way to know how tall Risto is. There's no way to know how good Risto is. Although, according to many people's eyeballs, he actually finally had a good game against the Washington Capitals on Saturday night. So... This is uh the segment that I initially called Risto Watch Twenty One, but then I came up with a better name, and that is Risto Winin
1: Oh, no! We're gonna be nice to Rasmus Ristolainen. I I, I I shouldn't say we, but I guess I don't know for sure. What no, you're I, say I here, think I'm gonna be nice for once. I'm gonna be much nicer to Rasmus Ristolainen than we were last week when we just dunked on him for ten minutes. I'm
0: not gonna turn into Shug Knight and hang him out a window.
1: And and it was deserved when we did that. You know, we talked last week about Risto and we were like, wow, he's been bad because he had been bad. And then the night after we talked, uh, they had the Penguins game when he had a real nice view of two goals, including the uh, OT winner. And he was bad in that game, too. And sort of looks like since then he's had his two best games as a flyer. The the one that everyone was talking about, the one that got him the starter jacket. I don't I, I don't remember if he actually put it on. I feel like if he did, it would break.
0: No, he did. And it went up to maybe just below his pecs.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, like, if that reaches his belly button, that's a big upset. But yeah, he had a good game against Washington. Um, believe his you know expected goals forward was like up in the 80s. He looked exactly like he won like you'd want a guy like that too. Pretty much everyone agreed that was a really good game for him and, and him and Travis Sandheim last night again, or he also had his first point as a flyer. Uh, an initial shot that was a rebound that I believe Katurier put home on the flyer's second goal. Yeah, it was. You know, he got a lot of praise for that game and deserved it. And clearly, the guys noticed. If he got his jacket, he had another not quite as good, but pretty good game last night against um, Toronto. Relatively speaking, that that game last night probably sunk on um on that third pair because Keith Yandle did not have a good game last night. No, and no, that not at all. the top pair has had better games than they did last night. But um, you know, he held his own again. Like made some made some good plays. Um, you know, against a pretty skilled team, he you know was generally speaking the kind of guy you want him to be. So again, that's that's two good games, but you know, it's two in a row. It's worth noting.
0: That's called a streak. It's clearly a winning streak for Rasmus rest of the line, and it's nice to see. Mm. I, I think what sometimes people might confuse with this criticism of certain players is that we like hate the players, don't want them to succeed. And if I sound like I've got residual pain from this. It's just from Samuel Moran. Who, Slam, yeah. I I never wished Illaw and I just didn't think he was good. I didn't think Slamuel had any skills besides being large and I was kind of worried about, by kind of, I mean I was extremely worried about the same thing being the case with Ristoline, and I'm so happy to have seen flashes this week to have seen like actual good defense and him shutting teams down and and doing the stuff we want him to see Mm -hmm. being that physical presence like that's awesome i want nothing more than the flyers to have a big physical kick-ass defenseman and if chuck fletcher was able to see raw material under all that bad hockey that he could mold into a a great hockey player then Man, Chuck Fletcher's a friggin' genius.
1: Yeah, (laughs) y'all... I I had
0: my doubts! I still have my doubts. We don't wanna... We all pretty much are never
1: rooting for anything other than a Flyer to be as good as humanly possible. Like, the the times where we would not would be extraordinarily, exceedingly rare. And the Flyers traded for a guy that we think is bad isn't one of those cases. Like, the fact that we think he might not be good does not mean we want him to be anything short of awesome. And, you know, also, let's just be very clear. He's had two very good. He's had two good games in a row out of nine that he's played. However, and this was the real stunner here. So I went to look because I um I know that Charlie in his weekly observations pointed out that Ristolainen's, um, which was bef- which were written before Wednesday's game, he said some Rist- um, season long uh, advanced numbers at five on five are decent. And I remember seeing a tweet over the weekend saying, like, if you ignore Flanagan's first two games, he actually has the best fancy stats on the team. Which, like, you can't do that. But, but if we look, yeah, guys, we're talking, we were talking about like eight or nine games. You can't just lock two of them off because you don't like them. But, but now today, as of um, 9:53 p.m. on November 11th, 2021, um, if we use Evolving Hockey's five-on-five uh, adjusted possession numbers. And if we don't count Ryan Ellis, who's only played in three games, of course, please come back soon, Ryan.
0: Please, please, for the love of God.
1: But if we don't count him, he might be back tomorrow. We'll see. Probably not. I- I'm not optimistic. Other than Ellis, the Flyers' on, er, leader in on-ice five-on-five expected goals for percentage is Rasmus Ristolainen, baby. Oh,
0: wow. 4887
1: Forty-eight point eight seven expected goals at five on five, which is like not great. It's it's you know, except it's not terrible. It's I would I I don't have this in front of me, but I imagine it's better than what he's done in almost every other year. Forty-nine point six seven percent Corsi four at five on five. So that's for those who don't know, is all shot attempts on the ice, the ones that go in the net, that are saved by the goalie, that uh miss the net, or that are blocked. And then expected goals is um shot goal shots and misses that are like weighted based on who, like where the shot's taken from, what kind of shot it is, whether it's a rebound, certain other characteristics. So, and your, you know, your, per, your expected goals for percentage on ice is like the percent of all of those that happen for your team below fifty means the other team usually gets a better chance at scoring than you do above fifty means that you usually get a better chance. So, um, all of the flyers defensemen are under 50 other than I think Ellis. I don't have Ellis's number in front of me right now. But um, I believe it was good before he got hurt. But um Ristoline is hovering around 49, and that's the best of anyone on the team, which is wild. And like two or three games ago, it was real bad, which you know speaks to A, how much better he's been in these last two in these last two games, and B, how rough the rest of the defense has been. Because, like, to be clear, and I don't want to use this to dunk on And because again, he's done well these last couple games, but if he's your best defenseman, you're not going anywhere. Again, not here to dunk on him. He has also gotten a relative relative to the other guys, a relatively, you know, tough draw in terms of defensive, in terms of like zone starts. Um, of all of his shifts, nine again, this is all courtesy of evolving hockey at five on five. Nine point seven percent of his shifts have started in the offensive zone, eleven point six in the defensive zone, eighteen percent in the neutral zone, and about sixty-one percent um are on the fly, which means they aren't on a face-off. He just jumps over the boards and starts. Um, and that two percent difference between the offensive zone and br- between the defensive zone and the offensive zone is actually the biggest of any flyer that has played like any flyers defenseman this season. So, huh. like, you know, Keith Yandel has had a lot more offensive zone. Provorov actually has had more offensive zone, which is interesting. I don't have the rest of them in front of me right now, but his is the biggest skew towards defense, which is real interesting. Um, and as you pointed out here, he got a lot of time against um against that Austin Matthews line on the Leafs. And granted, they have multiple very good lines. So that isn't like, you know, it isn't like far and away their best line, but certainly their top line, he's their best player. And if you're throwing him out against them, you've got some confidence in him.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of it goes back to, remember, I guess it was last week we were talking about this when Danny Briere appeared on the pregame show and was talking about how guys don't want to play against him, the perceived bigness and all that, blah, blah, blah. It might not be working out that way necessarily, but that's certainly what the Flyers are going for by playing Ristolainen there. They want that physicality. They want him beating down their best players, trying to wear them down. I wouldn't say that happened in that Leafs game in particular because uh, the Leafs were much fresher at the end of the game. The Flyers never really seemed to figure it out. But it's not one that Ristolainen was really the guy to blame. If anything, I think Yandel was clearly the worst-looking defenseman in that game. and He was not good. Probably could use a, a reboot for a couple nights, but they probably won't do that because he's Mr. Iron Man and he doesn't really get nights off.
1: Yeah, they're, they're probably not going to sit him when he's like still close to that rec- that He needed, what, like 30-something games to get the all-time record, and also Phil Kessel is, cha- is like 20 games behind him, so like, they're, they're, they might just play that game of chicken forever.
0: Oh my god, nobody's going to stop the Hot Dog Terminator. Phil, 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 Phil
1: has definitely fallen off a bit, especially with how bad the power play has been lately, which is, you know, not exclusively his fault, but he wasn't good there last night either. But yeah, Regan, Rasmus Vestalainen, he's had two good games, which has been enough to make him one of the Flyers' most impressive defensemen this year.
0: I'm honestly shocked that Braun wasn't up there in the numbers. I, I thought that Braun's actually had a pretty solid season, and I thought he would be up there. Him and Provorov, when I, ch- when I
1: checked a while, like, a couple earlier times in the season, him and him and Provorov were at the top. I think they've had a couple bad games here, which seems like they have. But um, yeah, I mean, again, we want line to be good. Um, I am not owned yet. I just want to be clear: we, we're very much not owned. Um, because he's had two good games, definitely not owned. But are, um, are
0: your ears turning to corn right now?
1: I'm not owned. I'm not owned. But um, if you know, if he continues, to, I would if he continues to attempt to own me by being good at hockey. I would not be upset about it. In fact, I'd like that to happen, especially with hopefully Ellis coming back soon. If you can, you know, have a stable second pair and, you know, a stable Ryan Ellis pair as well, you're really cooking.
0: Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. And again, it's
1: again, like I'm not I am not going to let two games color what happened in eight years in Buffalo. But, you know, I'd like to see what he did over the last two games happen over the next several. And that would be awesome.
0: There's this myth that the Flyers can fix him, must much like a bad boy, right? Like when <laughs> that stereotypical like <laughs> in a TV show or <laughs> movie.
1: Wait, wait. Okay, we're I'm I'm, I'm ending this conversation, this part of the conversation now, and I know we have Jack Eichel down a little bit lower in the outline, but I want to skip to that real, uh, skip to that real quick because of the bad transition I just made. Um, so Jack Eichel got traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk more about that in a second, but. On Saturday, he tweeted out a video saying thank you to Buffalo, and he said, you know, had highlights of him like scoring his first goal, getting drafted, all that nice stuff. Like talking to like kids in Buffalo charity and all that. The background song in this one minute long video was "Fix You" by Coldplay.
0: <laughs> I. What? I like that I was talking about bad boys and and women dating bad boys and think make a change and you're like no 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 we gotta talk about this bizarre song choice in the background fix you yeah it was a weird choice and I I really was just kind of stunned that he put that all there out there my favorite part is whenever it cuts to Jack Eichel and he just is speaking with the deadest eyes possible like. Yeah, Buffalo. I really enjoyed all my time there. I went to Dave and Buster's forty-eight times a week. I spe- had <laughs> <I ate> breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner there, and I'm not there anymore. So bye, bitch. Speaking, he has the tone of a man who loves the. Amb- I love f- and the, the ambiance and the decor of Dave and Buster's. I like. I don't know which one I liked more, Jack Eichel, and we knew he was just defeated by Buffalo. We we knew that franchise had just he tried to destroyed. fix them he did try to fix them and he failed he could not change the bad boy buffalo sabers <laughs> like it's so funny too, to just see him like go through these you know all these like all this hoopla with vegas like I, there was a video where he's getting out of the the limo to go to the Hotel that I guess he'll be living at, or whatever. Or the night's play—I have no idea what goes on in Vegas outside of hotels and never-ending daylight because of the Strip. But he's just getting out, and there is like a whole like parade just leading into this hotel, and he's just kind of like, "What is this?" Holy shit! Just—and <laughs> I don't know if Jack Eichel's high all the time, but he definitely looks high all the time throughout this. Just like, "Whoa, this is this is weird." It's sort of his thing, yeah. And then um, they. <laughs> He, he was at their game the other day, and they had that weird noise machine with the crank, and he did that, and he's just like, oh, you need me to do this? Okay. And they got the knight going like crazy next to him and the cheerleaders, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> what is that called? Um,
1: I don't know.
0: I find that thing utterly bizarre. Just completely bizarre. Just this this crank that <laughs> makes sound. is the weirdest thing that they have going on at the stadium. And everything is weird in the Vegas stadium. And that's a high bar. Oof. I think it might be just weird by my standards. Because I really, in a very Larry David-esque way, will catch on to something just very small and strange and just cling to that. So yeah, Jack Eichel.
1: Jack Eichel gets traded for some stuff. It was, I believe, Alex Tuck, uh, Peyton Krebs, a prospect from a couple years ago, a Mr. first Krabs. round pick, uh, yeah, Peyton Krebs, and a first round pick, and I think there was also a third round pick there.
0: Not the blockbuster trade. Yeah, I <laughs> I started to do it and I just forgot, and then I said, "Who gives a shit?" We all heard about the trade; it was a big deal.
1: They announced today that um he'll have his surgery soon. I think it might be be tomorrow, and apparently, it's like an hour long surgery, and he'll be able to leave. So, and it's, as someone pointed out, it's wild that that is what held all of this up for Buffalo, um, or at least allegedly part of what held this up for Buffalo was that that's the surgery they couldn't let him have.
0: A surgery he should have had at the beginning of the summer where he could be playing hockey already. If he had the beginning of the summer, he'd
1: be playing right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Buffalo, man. Buffalo, man. They got, they got that. Um, He could have been partying it up at Dave and Buster's.
0: <laughs> Eating wings everywhere. All those delicious Buffalo wings because, you know... I- Hanging out with Marshawn Lynch. Um, I think he's hanging yeah. out with Marshawn Lynch now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's probably closer. Geez. But yeah, I, I as I said on Thursday, I really just want to thank the New York Rangers for whatever principled stand they made that led to them not giving up like two of their prospects in a first round pick for Jack Eichel. Can you imagine? Because they surely, they surely could have. Well, I want to be careful here because any team could have beaten that deal. Like I saw some Flyers fans saying Thursday. Uh, Flyers could have in that deal and yeah they probably could have but like Vegas had you know the room to do it and also clearly pieces Buffalo wanted so it goes but like New York clearly was interested and them and Buffalo clearly talked about this there was far too much smoke there to think that was nothing. The
0: Rangers were one of the top teams rumored for him like consistently.
1: For a long time like ever since it first was presented that Jack Eichel might be traded
0: It is legitimately stunning to me that Jack Eichel did not get traded to the Rangers. And for a package, like, the Rangers easily could have beaten that package. They have a very deep prospect pool. They actually have some room. And the, the prospect of Jack Eichel and Artemi Panarin playing together is... Uh, Like, I wet my bed in the middle of the night thinking about that. That is a terrible prospect for a Flyers fan. I am so grateful that this didn't happen. And yeah, whatever principal stand the Rangers made, thank God. That would have been awful.
1: Yeah, they I know they signed Mika Zibanejad to his extension like last month, I think. So at that point, it seemed like they were sort of ducking out of this because Eichel makes like 10 mil a year. and Mika Zibanejad, also very good, but he's four years older than Jack Eichel and... Not as good as Jack Eichel, so...
0: Unless know. he's playing the Flyers.
1: Yeah, then he becomes a six-point-a-game player.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So, that was uh, God, last year sucked so much. Speaking of last year, no, I just booted that transition. I was going to talk about how we're not going to talk about last year and who wasn't here, like Cam Atkinson. None of this happened. I'm terrible. Cam Atkinson and his line haven't been good for the last few games, which is why the Flyers are... Mixing up the lines and it we it, it seemed like there was some some consternation out there after how the Flyers have had a bit of a cold spell the last few games. Um I believe it was nine goals in the last six games. If I'd said it in the opposite direction, I would have said nice, but I didn't. So um do, it's not nice deal with it.
0: It's decidedly not nice.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, after they, you know, every shot went into the net in the first five games, we knew that was gonna cool off a little bit, and now every shot isn't going into the net. So um and the focus the the thing that um the the line that it seems like has been most noticeable here in their lack of production has been that fairback to Broussard line. And maybe it's unfair, but that's probably because of the incredible high highs that they set for themselves in those first five games because they had you know I atkinson was like scoring a goal game for the first you know six games or so and then he fell off
0: he had an absolutely absurd shooting percentage too wasn't it like 26 yeah. percent or something it was like,
1: 24 when we talked last week just, and now it's less than that
0: and just he like, few, scoring you know? the bullshit his goals ever i love them they didn't make any sense though like he's just fallen over ass backwards on one skate and he somehow fires it like top shelf over the goalie's glove like it made no sense and, you know, and like last night,
1: he had three or four decent whacks at the net. And Jack Campbell's there for him. And that's hockey sometimes. So, yeah, he th- that line has cooled off. And again, as we sort of talked about last week, Derek Brassard, you never really expected him to be a capable second line center for any period of time. And the fact that you got that for five games, you take it and run. Oh, but, it's stunning. Uh, they're, it's they're moving things stunning around there now. One. So the lines from today's practice were... um Top line is still what it is, So and they've uh, swapped some things around in that second and third line. And it's interesting they're moving the third line around because that group has been really close for like a while now. But other than I think Scott Lawton had a goal in that Pittsburgh game, JVR has been really close for a while, but hasn't quite cracked through other than one goal, I believe, on the Western Canada trip. And Oscar Lindblom has him scored, and like every game, we're like, "This is the game my Oscar Lindblom oh my scores." He has a couple of solid chances, and it and he's go playing
0: in. so well. And he's, he's doing just great. Not, pot- but I think this is a great move in that regard because he gets more ice time. He's playing really well. I think he's going to help all those guys, and then I think they're going to help him finally pot a freaking goal. He
1: he will he will become the slayer of his opponents. Uh, Oscar
0: and yeah. Oh, oh so, It took me a second. I, I was, oh my god! I, I was
1: like, "All right, I'm hoping he got that." Oh my god! Um, so, I, you know, so I it,
0: it's raining blood in my house right now. That's the only <laughs> Slayer reference I got. But holy shit! Yeah,
1: I, I don't. They don't have any other songs. It's just it's, <laughs> raining blood.
0: Ah. Uh, no! I want Oski boy to net a goal so bad, or get a point, get any points. It's crazy. One he's point playing as a treat. Great hockey, and he's getting. Absolutely zero points, zero units of offense, despite being a good player in the offensive zone. It's wild to me. And hopefully this works out both ways where, you know, Tharabee can kind of help JVR and Lawton. I feel like Lawton's been kind of up in his game recently, but, you know, hopefully this can work for both lines. I find it interesting that didn't touch the top line at all. And I, I know the top line's really good. I'm a little intrigued by the decision to still keep Claude Giroux on the wing on the top line and not try him at second-line center. I'm not opposed to that because I think Claude Giroux is a much better winger at this point in his career, but he still can be a very good center. I'm a little surprised, given the struggles of Broussard of recent, that they haven't tried that out. Yeah, my guess,
1: and this is just a guess, is that they think Hayes is close to coming back and they're not going to just shift G down for a couple games and they're and when the alternative is give him more time with that group to hope that they can just sort of get back in sync. Um, again, that's a guess. I hope that you know. I hope it's right because hopefully that means Hayes is back soon. Um, it sounds like he's not going to play on this weekend trip, but he may be back next week, which would be nice.
0: That'd be great. I think the the word is right now. Per Vigneault and via Charlie. Hi Charlie. Is that Hayes could be back What's up on Chuck? Tuesday? Sup, Chuck so Tuesday would be great to get Hayes back and especially considering this team's played pretty good and the records in a good spot without Hayes and largely without Ellis. I, I don't see how you can see this as less than a success in the early going.
1: Yeah. The fact that they have stayed afloat without their best defenseman is huge. Like, and and their second line center matters too. You know, you get either of those injuries by themselves is tough and you know, every team has injuries. You're not, you're not really special for it. Like you look at what, see Colorado and Vegas have had to muck through in the first month of the season. And you're like, eh, it could be worse, but nonetheless, those are two big pieces. And to be in it. And like, if the flyers were three and eight and we'd be like, well, they're without Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes, that'd be one thing. And like, you'd say, yeah, that probably doesn't solve all of them. But like if they're at 500 and like at worst, even if they lose both of these games without them this week, you're still above hockey, 500 and like six and seven. If you lose both of these games this weekend, and like, hopefully, they win one. But, um, but like, being where they are without those two guys is a pretty good sign. Cause, like, again, there were some unsustainable trends in these first two games. Some of those are starting to correct a little bit. And like, having good players helps mitigate that. Co signed. <laughs> Indubitably.
0: I didn't even know what to say there because you just made it, you know, you put it so succinctly there. Yeah, I would really like if this offense could get jump-started and obviously shifting up the lines is part of it because their 5-on-5 hasn't been very good, but the power play also continues to be a big issue and it was just a complete mess in that Maple Leafs game. They got a ton of chances and that's the difference maker right there. If they even pop one power play goal, that's a totally different game and not getting one and just looking as disorganized as they did was a big deal and... Part of it is they continue to put Proveroff in the top unit, and it's just not... It's never worked. He scores goals, but it's just... He's not a good power play quarterback. He simply isn't. That's part of it. The strategy, the coaching is just terrible on there. Like, I don't know what Michel Tarion is telling these guys, but I, I think there's entirely too much ass in whatever he's telling them because they aren't listening. It's, I don't know. It's not them not listening. It's just... I, I feel like Tarion in his tenure here as power play coach, is just never had a good organized power play for them. I don't know who I have to punch in the face to get Joe Mullen back, but good Lord, can we do it?
1: You have to punch in the head to um, bring Peter Laviolette. Well, uh, I think that's uh, Billy Leno. He, pu- uh, he said punch in the face. Uh, I, my mind made all the associations and once there, and I tried to say them all at once. Oh, yeah, getting that, Anyways.
0: Getting that jam out by punching Billy Leno right in the side of the head. Billy uh, Leno. Billy Lano.
1: Billy uh, yeah, what a guy. Um, Yeah, the power play has been bad. And like, I'd rather Yandel be there than um than Provorov. And maybe when Ellis is back, they'll put him there. But in fairness, as I think Charlie pointed out in his article in, on the game last night, um, power play hasn't really, like numbers wise, hasn't been a whole lot better with Yandel than it has with Provorov. Like last night, it certainly didn't fix anything to have Yandel there. Maybe just because he was having a real bad night. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they've got, you know, there's talent here. We know that, um, at least we hope so. If there, if there isn't talent here, we've got a bigger problem, but there's talent here to have this power play be better than it is. And it feels like you got to be able to do something more than you're doing this. And like, it's, I, I sometimes roll my eyes at like, at, like the, that was real momentum killer. Cause like, it's, it's hockey. One thing can turn everything. But, um, you know, when, when every guy on the team, when talked last night, I said like, yeah, not having the power, or you know, not scoring on the power plane being as bad as we were, really, it was really a buzz kill for us. Like you know, you can't ignore it. So um, that's got to get better. Just, just has to. End of story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My next note here was about Derek Brassard getting fined for smacking a dude from the bench, but I didn't really care to talk about that that much. So. I just kind of want to really just breeze by this. So, uh, Bersard punched a guy, punched the the guy on the bench. He shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. It was, it,
1: was, it was a little funny, but he shouldn't have done it.
0: Shouldn't have done it. Don't do it again. Know. It's it's a little funny, but, and nothing will ever be as funny as Shane Gostas Bears' bench incident during the, the stadium series came into
1: link. Oh. Uh, I miss that guy sometimes.
0: RIPD ghost. I'm glad he's enjoying himself on a. Yeah, really it seems sh- like he's playing well. Shitty team like out there. Well. <laughs> An
1: awful team. If he rebuilds his value to the point where he can get traded for something positive this, you know, this year, A, good for him. And B, uh, everything's gonna be so insufferable if that happens.
0: Well, especially if it's to a rival. Like uh yeah, like if I don't like want Ron Hextall's sitting out there, like, hey, you know what? Let's get Shane pair." And then we have the defensive pairing of Shane Goss pair, and Mark Freeman.
1: Oh god. Oh no. Oh, don't. <laughs> Don't put that evil out I put out there. some real
0: evil out into this universe. It's, it's I am been a, sorry.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is. Uh. Uh, I, well, wait. Well, but Shane was the one who Shane was the one who boarded Friedman and got suspended last year. I know. So. Someday we're going to learn what happened there. And and if if it's more than just apparently Friedman was like a bit of. I don't want to from what we've. It seems like he was like, you know, a really competitive guy to the point where it it rubbed folks the wrong way. Um, I don't know more than that. Like, don't take that as reporting. That's just sort of what I, I feel like I've read on Twitter.
0: Scoops from Kurt.
1: I think Bill Meltzer said something along those lines last year because the Flyers had that back-to-back with the Penguins at the end of the year when, like, both, both games involve, you know, being mean to Mark Friedman. But, yeah, I feel like it was something like that, and Friedman thought he should have been playing and wasn't, and maybe he was right. Who knows? But I don't think he's very good. It's fine.
0: The, the R in Kurt R stands for real reporting.
1: Many people say this. Good for Ghost. Anyways, to get back to the other point, good for Ghost.
0: Good for Ghost. And Hopefully
1: he gets to do something on a team that's not Pittsburgh with a player that's not Mark Freeman.
0: Any team not in the division. He can go anywhere, just not in the division. That's just the worst. No, thank you.
1: Don't want that.
0: Don't want that. Don't want that at all. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hey folks, Steve Jacob from the hit podcast Flyperbole here to talk to you about the glory of NFTs, a totally real thing that I know a lot about. I have an opportunity for you today to own original Flyperbole NFTs. That's right, introducing Flyperbole NFTs. You can own things like an original audio recording of Steve saying wow, like Owen Wilson. It's going to be totally unique and different from all the other various wows that I unleashed throughout a podcast, alright? It's going to be just yours, I guarantee it, there's no way to duplicate it, none! You can also own things like scribbles I did at the Flyers Lines in high school, digitalized, just for you! No way for somebody to right click on that and save it and just be theirs, none! How about pictures of, I don't know, animals wearing Flyers jerseys or some shit? NFTs! They're real! You should wire me $10,000 USD right now for NFTs! Yeah. Sign up today. Pay me money. NFTs. They're real. And we're back! Wow, I never do an actual break. It's, uh an interesting feeling, but here we are. So, real quick,
1: those are some really great products and/or services that were advertised during that commercial break.
0: G. <laughs> Willikers, simply the best that you get on advertising with SB. <laughs> I can't do this. I, good Lord! uh All right, so the the rest of the way out is kind of a very weird ride. So we're just gonna kind of go with it. The first thing I wanted to mention is a serious note here, is Carrie Price getting help, and we're really glad to hear he's getting help. So this is per The Athletic. Carey Price completed a 30-day stay in the NHL-NHLPA player assistance program, leaving the program on November 6th. Over the past few years, I have let myself get to a very dark place, and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle, Price said in a post. Last month, I made the decision to enter a residential treatment facility for substance use. Things have reached a point that I realized I needed to prioritize my health for both myself and for my family. Asking for help when you need it is what we encourage our kids to do, and it was what I needed to do. I'm working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day, but that comes some uncertainty with when I will return to play. Price went on to write that he appreciated the overwhelming support, adding, I please ask that the media and our hockey community continue to respect our privacy at this time. Your support and respect of this so far has been a critical piece to my recovery. So, Carey Price, you know, actually recognized that he needed some help and sought out the help that he needed and has been getting help and assistance. And... I am grateful that not only has he done this, but also he's largely gotten to keep his privacy on the matter. And people have respected that that's really important. And I just wanted to use this as an opportunity to applaud that and applaud him being public to a degree with this, because I think it is important to, to share these struggles with people and you know, just a reminder that you're not alone out there. If you need help, please seek assistance and you, you know, I don't want to speak too much on this, but you know, I think given some of the things that I think we're all aware of, it's mental health is a very important issue uh, to me. And I really feel strongly that, you know, if people need help, they go out and, and seek it and get what they need and uh, get that support. People love you, people support you. So please go out there and, uh, and, and help yourself if you can.
1: Yep. All, all very well said. Um, you know, Carrie Price, one of the, you know, biggest names in the NHL. If you see a guy going through this, it's a reminder can happen to anyone. Um, you know, you, you wish him the best of luck. You hope he's getting the full support of, you know, the people around him the team around him. Um, and it, it seems like that's happening. So, you know, can't offer much more than that and all well said, um, you know, hope that, um, you know, just hope the best there. Hope he can get back to doing what he loves.
0: That is a good point, though, that the it, this is certainly a person that it feels like if it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone, because Carrie Price is one of those people that we always talked about being very cool, calm, and collected, like the, the stereotypical things you talk about with goalies, and after seeing everything Carter Hart went through last year, and all the struggles, and I know a lot of people have struggled with COVID over the past year and a half, almost two years at this point, which is stunning to think about, and... You know, most people were sympathetic, but not everybody, and it certainly seems like the coaching staff in Philadelphia has learned some lessons from all of that last year, which is good, but, you know, it, it's a great time to to educate yourself on various issues if you, you know, if you have somebody that you care about that is struggling, and try to help them where you can, and yeah i'm just I'm just glad he's he's seeking help and being public about it and again if you do need help please uh go out and uh seek assistance please
1: yep it's you know it's not his job to be public about it and you know whatever whatever will help him along but the fact that he's you know doing this again it, it tells people anyone who's going through something similar they're not alone and that you know hopefully it just makes it easier for people to understand that you know you have support when when, it, when you need it.
0: Absolutely. And even for the... I, I know sometimes it feels like these things are just like the, the... It only has to be the biggest issues in the world, but it even comes down to, to little issues sometimes. So, Little stresses you're in life. Like, if you're stressing about whether to take that day for yourself or something, take that day. Be kind to yourself. Be well to yourself. Like, people don't do enough for themselves, especially... In the U.S., especially with work stress, where people are just constantly putting pressure on themselves to get stuff done and meet deadlines and everything, so be good to yourself, practice self-care, and yeah, it's what a time, what a time to be living in. It's uh, man, it's it's tough, it's tough. What's not helping things are uh, morons. It's <laughs> the best way to put that. It's Clowns. Very norm. Clowns, if you will. Very Norm MacDonald esque delivery from me there. <laughs> but morons are bothering me. And the biggest moron right now is named Aaron Rodgers. Some, cloud Some clown. J- Aaron Jason Some clown named Aaron Rodgers took course T Wormer on a suggestion from Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, oh my what? God. I, I know it's a hockey podcast, right? And I know the listeners know I, I go off from hockey topics all the time. I would be remiss if I did not mention how much I now hate Aaron Rodgers. For years, my father has said, I don't like that Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, please. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody likes Aaron Rodgers. He's a good quarterback. You know, nobody lines the Packers, right? And my dad's like, I don't like him. And I turned to my dad the other day and I said, you were 100% right about <laughs> Aaron right. Rodgers all these years. Uh,
1: I defended him for so long because, you know,
0: on the field, always been a fun quarterback to watch. He's, he's wild,
1: like, you know, wildly entertaining. But you know we're learning increasingly how little all that matters sometimes, um, because he's out here being a dumbass and like not to not to excuse Aaron Rodgers because everything he said was horseshit and ranging between wildly exaggerated and easily disprovable. But you know it it sucks that you know for you me and a lot of all of us watching this and, and thinking that's wild. There are probably tens of millions of people who would have said the same stuff if they'd got sick. Like it's it's a bad time we live in where this is something remotely resembling a mainstream opinion. And it, you know, it sucks that a guy with that microphone and that platform is saying it. And he, and loudly and proudly saying all these things that again are wrong, like objectively in a lot of cases wrong.
0: Objectively wrong. I saw the term junk science used for this and that is the accurate term To put out there. I think in relation to this uh, WIP, which I'm not going to say that uh, sports talk radio listeners are necessarily the passion of reason on this, but (laughs) they put out a poll saying, who would you rather trust for your COVID advice? And there were two choices in the poll. It was Dr. Fauci and Joe Rogan, and I think it was like 51% for Joe Rogan, which just made me lose a lot of I I'm I I imagine going a lot Going to of people become trolled the, Joker. the shit out of this. But right. <laughs> I'm gonna become the Joker because I lost all faith in humanity. I, I just Yeah, like, I, I Joe Rogan, people, Joe Rogan was the handyman on News Radio, which was a sitcom in the 90s, okay? He was the handyman on that show. And <laughs> That's what he was most well-known for before he started a podcast that basically consists of him going, hey, I'm curious about this. What kind of crazy rabbit hole can we fall into talking about this? I'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to Alex Jones. Like, he, he will irresponsibly talk to anybody and listen to any batshit opinion he can find. And now he's out there giving people COVID advice telling them to take horse dewormer. Folks! <sighs> If I have to tell you not to take the horse dewormer, I feel like you're already a lost cause. But apparently, there's way more lost causes out there than I ever would have anticipated. This is a medicine that is used to get rid of worms in horses. <sighs> worms in horses.
1: I, I, I. Yeah. And, like, yes. And before some fucking chud tweets at us and says, "Like, oh, you, why are you spreading fake news? Yes, there's a human version of it. No, the human version of it is not cleared for COVID. And yes, there are people taking the fucking horse version of it because they can't find the human version of it. And yes, there are people getting poisoned because they're taking the fucking horse version of it because it's meant for a goddamn horse. It's a Worms. dose the size of a horse, and we've got people taking it. That's not how any horse is supposed to work. And again, it's not cleared for human use. And like that, I, I, oh God, I could talk so much about like people trying to find every solution. Like Aaron Rogers says, like people, like they're, people are turning against ivermectin because, you know, you can't make money on it. One, yes, people can make money on ivermectin. That's, that's just not how any of this works. And two, people are saying, don't use it because it's not an approved treatment. It'd be awesome if it was, but like, this has been looked into and not been cleared. Like the. It's the proper, like if, if there's a proper amount for it, it's well, well, well above the, like the amount of dosage you need to take to get any sort of effect. And, you know, Dr. Kurt here in the house, um, I I read this in an article, uh, God, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this is way, 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 way above like the safe levels before a human to not get poisoned. So, um, yeah, don't take it. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And definitely don't, definitely don't take the horse version, guys. Please, I am begging you, don't take the horse drug. Don't take the horse drug. In horses. Getting back to Aaron Rodgers for a second.
0: Worms. It was, it was, it was funny. It it was
1: like some real worst person you know made a great point energy when he said, I presented my evidence to the NFL and they thought I was, and they looked at me like
0: I was a quack. (laughs) I would love to see that binder that just giant like file. He presented saying, well, here's all my findings. Oh my God. That's just like, that is a sketch right there. That is just not, that doesn't sound like real life. And he's just out there saying, I did this. I don't. And then my favorite part is after this interview he did on the, uh, the Pat McAfee show, he comes out and goes, I can't believe there was so much blowback to that. I was just speaking my truth. Which is especially funny because he said, like, he explicitly said,
1: people are going to get mad at me. I don't care. Like, yeah, he does. Fuck out of here. If he if he didn't care about people getting mad at him, he wouldn't have lied, which he did. Like, he said, I didn't lie. Like, fuck, yes, you did. Like, the question was, have you been vaccinated? And the first word out of his mouth was yes. Yes, he followed that up by saying, I've been immunized. But the first word out of his mouth was yes. Like, to a question that said, I've been vaccinated. Or have you been vaccinated? Like, this is, it's... It is a man covering his ass to try and like to try and make himself look less bad and like talking to people and he's talking to everyone like they're fucking stupid, which is, you know, the modus operandi of a solid 46 or so percent of this country right now is just talk to people like they're fucking stupid all the time and hope that and, you know, hope that they don't notice. And then when they do, everyone gets mad. Yeah, it's and you know he said I've been following all the rules which is like an easily disprovable statement. Like easily disprovable.
0: Well, he's not even wearing a mask talking to the press which he's supposed to do if he's not vaccinated. And 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 as as was pointed out if he if he if you don't think that
1: the vaccine like is good and you're wearing and you're talking to other people like or his well his logic was if all of them are vaccinated and masked I shouldn't need to wear one. But like if if you the only way that logic makes sense is if you think the vaccine works. So right. what are we doing here, Rogers? Rogers!
0: Oh my god. So like not only do I have a problem with him just blatantly lying about this, but I also have a problem with him getting on a, a platform and endorsing this bad medicine, this false information as something to be trusted. That's dangerous. He is a person of influence and Granted, I think you have to be a total dumbass to follow any of this advice from him or Joe Rogan, but they're still people of influence, and they're still spreading false information, bad information that could really hurt people, and it's truly dangerous, and that's upsetting to me. That's why I'm talking about this right now, because I find this just so upsetting that people are spreading misinformation like this, and it's just... it's part of why we're still... Dealing with COVID, why COVID is still so bad and so deadly. And please look up what is best for you, but trust real medical professionals and not somebody with a podcast where they just talk about whatever is interesting to them on a given day. You know, like don't listen to me. Go listen to a scientist, all right? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't listen to me. Yeah, to be abundantly clear,
1: to be abundantly clear, we are not qualified to talk about medicine, but know who else isn't qualified to talk about medicine. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Rogan, a
0: lot of other people out in the world that are talking about medicine. (laughs) Like, I'm getting a booster shot based on doctor's recommendations, okay? I'm getting a booster shot next week. I'm thrilled about this, but again, you do you, I guess, but I strongly urge you to get vaccinated, but I'm also not a doctor, but (laughs) doctors will urge you to get vaccinated. That's where we're at. I just, I just, it's stunning that he's such a dumbass and he's spreading this information. And then I just wanted to tie this into hockey very slightly and say, maybe he can get a fake facts card from a Vander Kane. Really? In a season of just really terrible NHL stuff. There is a litany of it. We're going to touch on a little bit of it, but not as much because we could stay up all night talking about this. Uh, A Vander Kane has just had a disastrous year. And I don't, know if the fake vax card is the cherry on top of the shit Sunday, but I guess that's what I'm calling it to produce a fake vaccination card and put that out there is just such an asinine thing to do like just just produce it just produce it and just deal with it not play in the Canada games but of course he's done enough that he's not playing anything at all like yeah I mean if you if
1: if it's really just like a matter of like you think it's best for you and it, this isn't just some you know reverse virtue signaling bullshit where you you know want to stick it to the man because the man's telling you to take the the thing that might save you and save other people um if it's really you know you looking at you genuinely think it's the best thing for you tell people that like just say hey i don't think it's uh, i you know i've i've you know done my research whatever the fuck that means like fine your research probably fucking sucks <laughs> but you've done your research fine um uh, if you really believe that be upfront about it like who, who didn't this ha- or oh, yes, what's happening that and this I was about to say, didn't this just happen in the NFL? Someone's like, oh, that was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. And like you look at you look at Carson Wentz, who, you know, I don't I don't want to really expand the scope here. But like he's, you know, surely had some he has some dumb excuse for why he's not getting the vaccine. But, you know, he's honest about it. Kirk Cousins literally said he put up plexiglass around himself. Rather than get the vaccine, which is just so incredibly Kirk Cousins, it is <laughs> very but, Kirk you know, Cousins. They're being honest. It's bad. Like it's bad that they're not doing this, and they should be. In my opinion, they should be criticized. But at least, like, you know, at least they're honest. About at least it. they're not lying. At least they're not <laughs> right. lying. And like that's more dangerous. It 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 lays bare how much just horse shit is in all of this. And, like, this, the anti-vaccine arguments out there. And, like, people realize it's horseshit. Because, like, when you put mandates out there, you see how the percentages go up. You see people like, oh, no, I think it's the best – I think it's best for me to not take this. I'm going to quit. And then, you know, cities put mandates in place and the rates rocket up because they were full of shit the whole time.
0: It's – It sucks. It sucks. And it's dangerous. And do the right thing. And stop making fake vaccination cards. It's just such an insane thing for me to even talk about. And – uh, Aaron Rodgers is a moron that's yeah. all I have to say about it he's a total moron and I wanted to take that on it's because, disappointing uh, but yeah. yep he's a moron he's he dumbass sucks.
1: and like he's and he's the kind of guy who like will take very valid criticism of himself personally so bet on the Packers this weekend but um, <laughs> but no but and no, this is he, now gambling gonna, he corner de- he deserves every bit of criticism he will get he has gotten and will get for this
0: Kurt R and the gamble gang are here to oh my god <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, yeah,
0: I just um, like,
1: yeah, some, some, uh, yeah, someone said this because, you know, like your Wences and Cousins and Rogers of the world and like Lamar Jackson was in this group for a while, I think. And then he eventually got his shot after getting COVID twice. But like someone pointed out how like it's maybe not surprising that athletes who have spent their whole life doing things and especially like, you know, quarterbacks who have spent their whole life doing things that like people shouldn't think they like no one reasonable person should be able to do think that, like, they don't need to get this, you know, this thing that everyone thinks they should have to get. And it sucks that people think that these guys think they're superhuman. But, uh, and when, and they just, you know, have bad opinions on things.
0: Well put, well put. I, I
1: Please get your shot. Please get, get your shot, people. If you haven't, if you haven't, if you, like, I, I, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, if you, if you, if you want to talk to me about, about getting your COVID shot, uh, I will, I will tell you to get it. I'll tell you, you know, I had close expo- like very close exposures to people who had it earlier this year, and I stayed negative and healthy the whole time. Guys, like, I promise you, like, please, please, please get, get it. it. Please.
0: Please get it. Please. <sighs> well, that's that's that. I, it's just, please get it, and please don't be a dumbass like one A.A. Ron Rogers. And just... unfucked
1: done fucked up, aaron Ron. fucked
0: up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> up, A-A Ron. Uh, the, and then I, I just wanted to briefly mention, because I... If I talk about this too much, I'm just going to go on more angry rants. But my God, just another disastrous week for the NHL. Just a, a total PR nightmare for this this league that they continue to fuck things up on the Brad Aldrich situation where they're not trying to settle at this point with, with Kyle Beach and they're not going to pay for, what was it, the therapy for John Doe too?
1: Yeah, they're they're like asking for a bunch of documents from John Doe too to ensure his therapy. It's so disgusting. It's just Yeah, it's
0: it's so tough to support this league right now. And then uh Ducks GM Bob Murray stepped down after fourteen years who he, he entered the alcohol abuse program, which good he entered the alcohol abuse program, but it sounds like he was absolutely horrific to that staff in the meantime.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, again, you hope he hope he gets help he needs. And at the same time, that doesn't excuse what happened. Cause he's a guy who, you know, in a position of power, again, we talked about people have the ex- like people in positions of prominence often have the resources available. They just have to take them. And he, it seems clear that this all went on too long without him using the resources at hand. And like, I, again, I hope, you know, I hope whatever he has going on there, he's, he's able to sort it out and, you know, get you know get things on track for himself but it seems like he has fostered a very gross culture there in the front office and in the building in anaheim and as was pointed out a couple times on twitter when this first broke the other night there was very little shock throughout it seems like amongst hockey people there was little shock when this news broke and yet we really just kind of heard about it now and it's wild how that happens
0: it is wild how that happens and then the the other story that came out was with the the penguins minor league team the wilkes-bar penguins where uh let's see it was jared scald aaron scald jared scald yeah and just that whole situation's disgusting and the fact that that was covered up for as long as it was and just was was settled it was the uh the skulls alleged that former Wilkes-Barre Scranton coach Clark Donatelli molested Aaron Skull during a 2018 road trip, and it, the whole story is very upsetting. I don't want to talk too much about it, just in case anybody you know is sensitive to that. I gave the warning last week. I haven't really given the warning, and frankly, the whole thing is just infuriating to me. <laughs> I, I've got enough rage for one day, but it, it's just another just disgusting situation that the the NHL really it just feels like they tried to cover it up and it's these things come to light and they really need to clean up their act they really need to clean house and shame on Gary Bettman it, it, this is you know what's the saying the the fish rots from the head down or whatever it is and a lot stinks about the NHL and i really think it starts at the top
1: yeah he's he's presided over a lot of bad things coming out within the, even just within the last you know obviously within the last few weeks, within the last few months. And it, you know, no one gets the sense that this is, you know, that we're done, that we're past this bad wave of news either. You know, if, if more stories came out, then I don't feel like any of us would be surprised. And, you know, maybe, you know, with, with what happened and with the positive reception Kyle Beach has got for coming out and telling his story, the hope. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, you know, talked about what Wayne Simmons said about it. The hope is that this stuff starts to come to the forefront the fear is that these things have happened like that, you know, the the fear is that there are these stories out there beca- that, that people have had to go through this sort of shit over and over again in this league. And it either, you know, and it either never made it up to the league or it was being covered up. And, it, you know, that's it's. Really upsetting to think about. And yet, none of us really believe that this is the end of this stuff. And I feel like there's going to be more. And I, I, again, no sources on that. But it does, it just feels like we're going to hear more upsetting stories like this. And, you know, hopefully people in power that need to be held accountable are. And, it, you know, if it keeps happening in the NHL like this, then. More and more questions will be asked about leadership in the NHL, leadership in the NHLPA, for that matter. Oh, yeah, Talked about Donald Fair a little bit last week, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard time to love this sport and like, we're not the victims here again. We, you know, we're, we're people sitting here talking about hockey on a podcast, but like, we're not the victims here. Always keeping your thoughts, you know, the people who've had to go through all of this. Um, but you know, it, it, it sucks sometimes being a fan of this league.
0: It really does. They're not making it easy and you're right. It's, it's not about us. It's about the victims, but as people have to get on and talk about this every week and write about this every week, it makes it very difficult to support all of this and they need to clean up their act and they need to get better.
1: It's, it's the story of this league for the first month. Like this, the, the report in Chicago and you know, now do the, you these other now Bob Murray?
0: I love that in the middle of this, by the way, Chicago is like, let's fire our coach. We're we're at it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I read I read an article about this. I think Mark Lazarus at The, at the Athletic like talked about how, you know, Jeremy Colleton clearly not a very, didn't do a good job, um, but also like he was like speaking further to the cowardice of the folks at Chicago, like while everything was going on with the investigation, like what, when the, when the report broke. And in those days, like when the, we knew the report was going to break and in the time after it broke, but before, you know, other folks have been kicked out. Um, he was the guy that kept, you know, he's the guy that kept, um, he, he was basically the only person in Chicago who ever got put in front of a microphone, like their interim GM who replaced Stan Bowman still hasn't spoken to the press. Um, at least as of a couple of days ago, he hadn't, I don't know if, um, I don't know if the new, I don't know if he has with, them. Um, I don't know if he has since Colin was fired, but even then, like, I don't know how many weeks it had been, what, like two weeks, like a week and a half, two weeks between the report and Colin getting fired. And none of them spoke publicly. Oh my God. Um, And like, he had, to, he had, to, he, a guy who, you know, say what you will about his coaching. It seems like he wasn't very good, but he had nothing to do with all that. And he had to sit here and answer questions about it because the people in that organization are too cowardly to do anything about it. And, um, you know, Guy wasn't a good coach, so it goes. But it, it you know speaks further to the rot in that organization. Oh
0: yeah, there's a lot of rot in that organization, and I it's it's disgusting. It's all totally disgusting. But man, I just, just got to clean up their act. And I, again, there there is no gracious way to. Shift gears out of this, but on a, a final note, we, we do have a positive thing. But we're going to try. try. We had a positive thing we did want to end on. Uh, as you have been hearing uh, along the various podcasts throughout the past couple weeks, we have been giving out tickets to the Flyers alumni game that's coming up. So that, that's a positive thing that we're all looking forward to. Uh, it's going to be Rick Tockett versus Paul Holmgren. I believe they're picking the team soon if they haven't already. And it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. I will be there with my father, who's uh, very pumped about this. And
1: nice, yeah. nice.
0: it so will be fun. We have one final pair of tickets to give away. Oh, wow. One final pair to rule them all. And I decided to spread the love a little bit. Okay, All the contests have been on Twitter so far, and not everybody has Twitter. So let's do a contest on the old Instagram, all right? Instagram, the flyperbole Instagram. I'm going to be posting a picture on Friday the 12th. And that picture is going to be a statue that I own of a former Flyers goaltender. When that uh, Flyers goaltender is with the Phantoms. This goaltender, and I think you're going to guess pretty easily who it is, went 17-0 and against a now defunct NHL franchise. Well, by defunct, I mean they, they transformed into somebody else the first person to comment on the post with the name of the team that this goaltender went 17-0 against wins the tickets. Former franchise name only, okay? I don't want the current name of the franchise. I want what the franchise was when this guy won all those games against him, okay? And I also want to say no repeat winners, all right? If you have won already on Twitter, share the wealth, okay? Let somebody else win and we can all have fun at the game not that anybody's tried to do that but i just want to make that very clear in case somebody's like well i can get another pair of tickets all right not gonna happen not gonna do it so again hyperbole. instagram po- posting a picture of a statue of a former flyers goaltender this goaltender went 17-0 against a team in his career okay What team was that, and I want the team that he went 17-0 against, not the current franchise name, which is a big hint.
1: I believe I know the answer to this question. It is not not in the outline. It's not in the outline, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, I mean... There, there are some context clues yes. here, but, uh, you know, go, go get your tickets, go get your tickets. Alumni game will be, will be fun.
0: going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. And they have a great lineup for it. Anytime Biggie and John Leclerc are involved. I think it, I think I also saw it's the last time Reggie Leach and Joe Watson are going to be involved in an alumni game. So, I mean, that, that, that checks out. I can't believe they're playing <laughs> for
1: sure, but that checks <laughs> when
0: out. I was going through the rosters. I saw Reggie Leach and I was, I was reading them over to my dad and he was like, Reggie Leach. I'm like, yeah, apparently.
1: You've also got Flyer's Legend Adam Hall.
0: Oh, Adam Hall, baby. Hell yeah. What a t- What a world.
1: And again, as we said last week, if you haven't yet, I, I encourage you to listen to the Paul Holmgren interview that the uh the r- radio crew did a couple weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. Oh,
0: they did a great job with that. I just love the you know, the the interviews we've gotten this season on BSH, Elaine Vigneault. we've gotten Chuck Fletcher. And Paul Holmgren, just great interview opportunities and uh, really happy to be getting these opportunities and, and uh, getting getting these convos in. And I, I like that we're getting some different dimensions to these guys too.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it, it, again, like he, he, you know, lightened up. They, they got to, Bill got to ask his uh, slap shot question. Uh, they talked about Jake Vorachak. It was a good time. It was a good time. And yeah, hopefully we'll hopefully have more of those. Um, I know, I know Steph and uh, Kelly are working hard on, you know, given us opportunities to talk to them because we enjoy it. Seems like they enjoy it. Seems like y'all enjoy yeah. it. So we will keep looking into do Hell that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Alright folks that's all we got for you and it was plenty. If you have any feedback the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca Kurt, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter at Kurt, K-U-R-T not a C, underscore the underscore, not the word underscore B letter B, S letter S H, oh, wow. letter H. I, I, I probably committed to that bit a little bit too long. I enjoyed long. it. I, 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 <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm here, you know, talk talking about, uh, talking flyers, talking other sports, um, talking life, um, working on a couple things right now. Um, I started pulling something together about the futility of the power play last night or in last night's game, um, against the Maple Leafs. Um, I'd say ideally they continue to be bad this weekend and I can, you know, continue on that thread, but I also want them to score power play goals this weekend. So, you know, forget that. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to pull some things together, looking at what the, you know, Elaine Benio's tendencies have been so far with the lineup this season, you know, who he's leaned on in, like in, you know, big minutes, who's been his defensive, you know, his defensive calls, um, like what, who he trusts in big situations who have been his, you know, need a goal guys. Um, so working on a couple things there.
0: Nice, and that was a perfectly cromulent way to put your Twitter name out there for the people. (laughs) See, I worked it in.
1: I am am big into the explanation of of my...
0: Excellent, excellent. You can reach Kurt at Kurt BSH. You can reach me at Fly Perboli or at Esteban. But if it's hockey, make it Fly Perboli. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. Follow Broad Street Hockey on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, it's on all that stuff and uh, MySpace and Friendster, all that bullshit. All right, folks. Thanks so much. For- read, read our zanga. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, uh, check in on the the Fly Perboli Live Journal. Thanks. Folks, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey.
1: Wow, wow,
0: wow, wow, wow,
1: wow, wow, wow,